Good afternoon to all of our fellow health enthusiasts. My name is Aubrey Mast and I'm a professor of nutrition. This is a new podcast developed by my friend and colleague, Dr. Charles Benz, and we call the show Healing Trends with Dr. Benz. We search the internet every day to find the best scientific studies that can be used to improve the health of every interested person. You will not see many of these studies in conventional media because most doctors do not have the time or the interest in finding them. And there are special interests that are also less than enthusiastic about you knowing about the studies. Every week we will explore nutritional science that has the potential to prevent and even reverse 90% of chronic illnesses. This could save many lives and help to stop the healthcare crisis that will eventually bankrupt our country. This is frequently called functional medicine and has been adopted by thousands of doctors as well as medical schools and hospitals, including the Cleveland Clinic. Today's program is entitled The Importance of Female Biochemistry. Hello, Dr. Benz. Hi, Aubrey. Well, um, talk about uh, recent science and recent studies. Uh, this came out of a, uh, a client of mine who had a daughter who uh, was very concerned that her thyroid was failing. This is a young woman in her 20s. And um, he said he didn't feel that uh, John Hopkins and these other specialists that he was consulting were getting to the root of the problem because uh, she apparently had some thyroid cysts and her thyroid numbers weren't good. And he you know, said, what can be causing this? So uh, the, the most sophisticated blood panel that I have is our cancer, our cancer panel. And it's pretty expensive, but you know, he's the CEO of a company and his daughter's health was at, at, uh, at stake. And he just said, hey, just uh, let, us, let us see it. And so we did the panel and it came back that she did have some very unique numbers. And one of them was she had uh, extremely high numbers for Epstein-Barr. And then she had really weird numbers for copper and for zinc. And, you know, we know that that could be something related to Wilson's disease, which is a thyroid uh, problem. But you know what? He said, um, I, because uh, we put up, I put up a protocol for her and, and uh, helped her and, and uh, she was feeling better and getting better, but um, not as well as I thought and as he hoped. And so then he said, well, what, just out of curiosity, why don't I do my whole family? I'll do myself, I'll do my wife, I'll do my other daughter. And what happened was all of the women came out with Epstein-Barr and high copper and high zinc. And I thought to myself, now wait a minute. And he thought the same thing. He said, what in the heck's going on here? Why do they have all these numbers? And I don't have any of these numbers. So obviously it was something genetic that was being carried through the, 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 the mother's side of this. But the more we looked at it, the more it came out that it wasn't dietary, it, because they were eating good diets and they should have been having better numbers. It turned out that the science showed that they were all taken oral contraceptives. Mm. And mm -hmm. that's, when, that's when the alarms went off. And I said, yep. okay, <laughs> now we're talking about a whole different ball game. And uh, so that's where this whole thing came from, uh, this whole topic, because that to me was a kind of a revelation. I, I know a lot of oncologists and, and they do test for copper and, and for iron and zinc. 
but to me, in this particular case, it came out of the blue. And we also know that Epstein-Barr is like one of the master viruses, and it can kind of it could, it could kind of play a role in this too. So we had both things that were kind of contributing. And I just wanted to see what your reaction to this was, whether this is something that you, you knew a lot about or something that was kind of new in your world too. Yeah, um, no. When we I was preparing for this conversation, I was like, oh, I didn't know that. I mean, I've read the research around prolonged use of oral contraceptives and the increased risk of cancer and how it augments B vitamins and how it can change, you know, how serotonin is produced, but then also nutritional deficiencies. And so I had read that piece, but not any of the information around copper and toxicity. I'm like, this is brand new to me. So I'm very intrigued with this conversation. Well, I literally uh, searched for a couple of days to try to find uh, a really good scientific study on this. And unfortunately, there aren't a lot of clinical trials or a lot of experience with it, but there, it, there's a long history of it. And, and the history came because the doctor that first identified this was like in the 1930s. And this was Dr. Uh, Raviki, uh, R-E-V-I-C-I. And he actually came up with this whole copper challenge uh, thing for women. And this was way before the, uh, the oral contraceptives came around, which didn't come around until the early 1970s. But he, he did establish a very clear connection between copper and zinc and, and cancer. And so that was the thing that really triggered me to say, wait a minute, uh, they're not studying this enough. Uh, if I have to work this hard to get this amount of this kind of information. So then I combined some other studies and sure enough, there was the copper cancer uh, link. And so it turns out that there's a lot of things called antagonists. In other words, there are things that uh, they actually harm the metabolism of certain nutrients. And so there's a whole bunch of things like too much zinc can actually cause too much copper and too little zinc can cause too much copper. And so you have manganese and you have sulfur and you have vitamin B6. These are things that, that are needed by the body, but if they become excessive or deleted, then copper turns out to be one of the things that's impacted by this. So you really have to make sure that you, you, you know what the antagonists are and also know how to how to solve the problem, because it seems like this copper, this high copper, can actually increase estrogen's sort of genotopic effects, and so it changes your genetic influences as well. So, what what else did you get out of that? I mean, I, I didn't I didn't send the thirty page version of the study. I sent the two page version, but what was your take on that? Well, you know, what kept coming up into my mind was about the role with cancer and immune system function, right? And so if we have a small amount of evidence pointing towards prolonged use of oral contraceptives and an increased risk of cancer, what I kept coming back to was what other physiological systems are being impacted that are also currently not being studied. 
thyroid function, for example, you know, there's lots of women that are suffering from thyroid conditions. Is there a correlation there? Is there a correlation with endocrine function? What about immune becoming immune compromised? Like I just came into a lot more questions without necessarily enough information to make some real, you know, to deduce any type of particular takeaway. Well, I think what uh, what helped me to understand it was I, as a man, I was sort of always interested in my testosterone levels. And so I started to look at this issue a little bit more closely. And what I found was that there was this connection between estradiol and testosterone. And I thought, well, wait a minute, what's the link? Well, the link is that a lot of these hormones are in this kind of a pathway. It's, it's a preferential pathway. So that if one thing gets disrupted, then everything down the line gets disrupted. So that may be part of the answer that you've been looking for is that if you disrupt, disrupt one of these hormone pathways, then the chances are you're disrupting a lot of other hormone pathways. And so this to me uh, was more logical once I had that knowledge about testosterone, because then I could see that my estradiol levels were off the chart. And I thought, okay, I've got to, I've got to do something to reduce this. And I found this, this product uh, called Meomen, and it actually is a, an herbal remedy. And my estradiol levels went from like 60 down to 50 in two weeks, or 20, I'm sorry, it went 60 to 20, which is a safe zone, uh, 20 was good. And it went down within two weeks. And I thought, holy mackerel, and then testosterone improved. And I thought, there it is. There's this whole pathway of, of hormone development. So that goes back to what you were saying, that um, I think any disruption in your hormone uh, create, creating an imbalance can have this sort of cascading effect to kind of uh, lead the way to cancer and lots of other illnesses. And so to, to me, I mean, it does need to have a lot more study uh, behind it. And, and I know that the other thing that uh, the CEO said was that all of the women in his life had horrific periods. In other words, really painful really severe, really long. And so let's talk about that for a minute because I think if women are experiencing those extremely heavy periods, that's maybe the sign to take a closer look and do this study, this, this panel, to find out what, what your copper levels are and, and, and what your more detailed hormone levels are. So maybe that's one of the first takeaways from today. If you're a woman that has extremely... A painful and difficult period, maybe that's the time to start doing something more. What What's your opinion about that? Well, I also go back to the nutritional, you know, like there's evidence that dairy consumption um, around menstruation increases uh, cramping and that it relates to the inflammation that's coming from the dairy products. So, and with Myself being an herbalist, you know, I usually tell people to drink a bunch of red raspberry tea during that time, which can actually really help with cramping and the pain um, and heavy bleeding. So there's definitely many nutritional interventions that can be taken, but I also think like getting a baseline understanding of what's going on in the body. Were you on oral contraceptives for a long period of time? Is there a copper deficiency or a copper toxicity that you are unaware of, right? 
how is the thyroid functioning? All of these are pertinent questions to start asking along with how can I play a role in what I'm experiencing. So the bottom line then is extended. Not only should every woman who has really difficult periods, but every woman who has a hormone challenge should be, and, 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 and this was very interesting because I was out biking the other day and, and there was a lady on the trail with me and she's one of the most fit ladies that I've ever seen, right? And she says, I've got this four or five pounds right around my midsection that I can't get rid of. And he, she said, I'm like the fittest person in the world. What's going on here? <laughs> And I said, well, you know, whenever you go through menopause, your body's going to try to continue to make that estrogen. And guess, where it, guess what it does? It creates fat and it puts it as close to the area where it's needed as possible, which is either on your hips or your waist. And then you'll, you'll have enough estrogen. And she said, you've got to be kidding me. That fat's holding on to me, uh, staying on me because it needs estrogen. I said, absolutely. Fats, fat can produce estrogen, and that's, that's why women 40, 50, 60 years old are having such a problem with it. And so that's another takeaway for women. Understand that that's what your body does. It, it actually adds that fat to that part of the body so that your estrogen levels are balanced. <laughs> and I didn't know whether you had any knowledge or experience with that, but that, that's been around for a long time. Completely. I mean, I think we're, we saw that research come out when we started um, to understand how uh, soy intake can impact estrogen. You know, and so there's all I, I, to your the point of this conversation. The biochemical process of, of femininity is really complex when we're talking about hormones, when we're talking about nutrient and mineral toxicities or deficiencies, and so. I think when I come back to the labs and making sure that you are having a baseline understanding, but that you're also supporting your physiology through interventions that are really helpful specifically to female biochemistry, those are great places to start. You know, we talked about evening primrose oil. We've talked about vitamin D consumption. We've talked about red raspberry leaf. We've talked about reducing uh, dairy. All of those are great places to begin, but Ultimately, there has to be a deeper dive into understanding your own biochemistry. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and a lot of times we, we go for the thing that kind of tries to adjust the hormone levels without getting the whole picture. And so I've been guilty of that myself, of saying to people, look, you don't want to get the horse urine solution to your hormones, because that's, that's, that's where the hormones uh prescription drugs that, that you can get basically many most of them come from horse urine but it's because you can use plant-based hormones and that's a much better choice you have to get a saliva test i like the saliva test better than the blood test because it's a little more accurate because blood kind of has a tendency to balance itself and so you'll you'll find that the, the saliva does not balance itself as readily as blood does so there are there are blood hormone tests but i like the saliva test too and then you have to wait three months after you started the formulation that the doctor uh, puts forward for the plant-based hormones. And then you have to, after three months, do another saliva test because your body will do all kinds of adaptations and adjustments. And then probably after that third month, you'll get a real true picture of what your hormone balancing needs to be. And so 
that's one of the things that when you get to that level where you need hormones, that's probably the way to go. But before that, I know a lot of women have used the evening primrose oil and they've used an old Indian herbal remedy called Remy Femin. I don't know whether you'd heard about that one or not. Uh, I think it's actually from black cohosh. And so this, this Remy Femin, I mean, there's been a miracle for women in their forties and fifties, but you know, that came from the American Indians about two or 300 years ago. And then it kind of find it's found its way over to Europe. And then about 20 or 30 years ago, it came back from Europe to America. And I thought, well, what an interesting cycle that whole journey was. But back, back to your point, which is, I think is the right one. Let's look at the whole picture. Because if you've got hormone issues, you're probably going to have or already have estrogen issues. And if you have these issues and you haven't looked at whether you have Epstein-Barr or some other viruses, then you're not getting a really accurate overall picture of what your female biochemistry is. And so I, th I think that's really, the, that's really the discussion that people should have. And I, I like the fact that there's an acupuncturist in our community who actually looks at five or six different thyroid levels. And this is really interesting because you can look at the TSH, you can look at the T3 levels and the T4 levels, but unless you have the thyroid antibodies, there's about five or six things. And then she's created a kind of a ratio. And if all of these things aren't in the right ratio, then it points to whatever the problem is. So look for a, a naturopathic or, a, or a, an acupuncturist or a medical doctor who knows the thyroid issue inside and out. You don't want to have somebody that's just sort of messing around with this by saying, oh, your TSH levels are too high. Um, I remember when mine went up and I thought to myself, you know, what's going on? And uh, she looked at the six things. She looked at all the ratios and she said, your TSH is the only thing that's out of whack. She said, all your, all your others are fine. You're all within range. And she said, so I wouldn't worry about it a lot. But, you know, I do worry about it a lot. And so I thought, what changed in my life? Well, what changed in my life was exercise. Because I had back issues and hip issues and I couldn't run as much. And so I couldn't do as much aerobic exercise. So anyway, I decided to try to simulate exercise with this sound wave therapy machine that I have. And so I've been sound waving my thyroid. And guess what? My TSH levels went down by 60%. <laughs> and so it was part of the problem. And so now they're almost in the normal range. When I said this to my doctor, he went, well, that's interesting. And then I did some research and I said, there's the studies that shows that there's an actual correlation between exercise and thyroid hormone levels. <laughs> now, do you find the same thing possible for other hormone levels in the body? Absolutely, without a doubt. You know, we see the same okay. thing with estrogen and progesterone. You know, it's related not only with exercise, but also with sleep cycles and stress levels. You know, your social and your um, emotional and your mental well-being. Yes. Well, the first thing that, that, that happens, because sort of the, the sleep cycle is if you don't sleep properly, then you don't balance all your hormones and you don't get rid of your toxins. And, you know, you, I mean, sleeping is where your body gets the most opportunity to do all these repair and replacement things. Right. So if your sleep is screwed up, then the chances are your hormones are going to be screwed up and, and you're going to have other things that are not working either. 
And so I say to people, if you're not sleeping properly, the first thing I think you should look at is making sure that you have enough serotonin in your body because serotonin is kind of the master feel good uh, neurotransmitter. And so, yeah, you can go to the prescription, you can go to prescription drugs, or you can go to the drugstore and you can get your melatonin. Sometimes the body doesn't want to use melatonin. Sometimes it wants to take the, the things that help to make seropeptase and just make it naturally. Because when your pituitary has enough senses that there's enough serotonin in your body, then bingo, uh, it will decide it when the when the night time comes. Then the lack of sunlight triggers the pituitary to say, "Okay, let's make some more neurotransmitters called melatonin." And it's basically looking at your homocysteine levels, which is B6, B12, amino acids, and enzymes. And so there's this direct correlation between sleep cycles and homocysteine. And so if your homocysteine is off. That means you're not getting enough B6, B12, enzymes, and folic acid. And if you start to do that, then all of a sudden you're going to find your serotonin levels will go up. If your serotonin levels go up, then your melatonin levels are going to go up and you're going to sleep better. And so it's not magic, but it is, you know, biochemistry. Are there any other secrets? I mean, one of the things that I saw at the end of this study was... You know, we had that list of, uh, of antagonists, uh, but there are other things that are uh, not antagonists, and they're vitamin E, vitamin C, glutathione, alpha-lipoic acid, beta-carotene, and a special uh, uh, group called metalothione. And uh, that's, a, that's a cysteine protein that really helps to I- improve your body chemistry. It improves zinc and copper levels, and it helps to get rid of uh, heavy metals because detoxification is a factor. And, you know, almost every doctor that really looks at the hormones, whether they're for uh, the sex hormones or sleep hormones or whatever they are, you know the first thing they say? Detoxify first. So it's one of the cardinal rules of getting your chemistry in balance is to detoxify. So let's talk about that for a couple minutes before we sign off because we don't want to leave one of the most important things on the table. What do you do? What do you think about uh, detoxification and how do, you, how do you recommend and how do you handle it? I think it's one of the most essential things that we all have to do considering that we're living in a toxic environment no matter how clean we're eating and no matter how clean we're living. Um, So for most of my clients, when I recommend detoxification, one, we move to a a really heavily plant-based diet and we're increasing the amount of phytochemicals because those are the places that we know to detoxify. Also, phytochemicals are found in plants plant-based foods. And so those are where you find complex carbohydrates. Complex carbohydrates can bind to toxins and help you detoxify and excrete them naturally from your body, whether it's toxins or heavy metals. And if you need supplementation to go along with a plant-based diet, um, juicing is really great. Also, you have activated charcoal will bind to toxins and heavy metals, bentonite clay within baths, Epsom salt baths as well. A lot of times I will use uh, spirulina and chlorella for the way that it will bind to heavy metals and toxins within the body, but also it provides a high amount of alkalinity to help reestablish an equilibrium within the body. All great ideas. Wow. 
one of the things that I, I, I recommend, because a lot of people aren't willing to go through the rigor of, of doing all the things that you and I both like people that recommend or do, but there's a product from Metagenics called Clear Change. Mm-hmm. And uh, clear changes, yeah, it's a really good product, and and it's one only ones the detoxification products that actually has great science behind it, mm-hmm. and and so they use an evaluation tool that determines you know what your toxicity levels are, and then they they actually had control groups look at uh, a placebo and a diet versus of just a placebo versus clear change and the diet. And the, the clear change in the diet just out, outperformed everybody else. And so that's how they make their decisions about whether the product is good or not. They actually do human testing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I really like this product. So um, you can do, I think there's a 10-day program, there's a 10-week program. Um, you know, it all depends on how much toxicity you think is in your body. But... There aren't really any great tests for that either, and that's why we use a test called the 8-O-H-G-D test. And the 8-O-H-G-D test is one of the things that's in the cancer panel and it's in the immune panel that I have, and it measures the actual DNA damage that's being that's been done in your body. It's like the accumulated DNA damage from toxins and radiation and all of their sources. And it's kind of like a precursor to cancer and heart disease. I mean, every disease is really DNA damage is like the front end of that. And so if you get these high levels in your 8-O-H-G-D, then you know that you need to do some serious detoxification. So you're probably going to go for the 10-week one. Whereas if you have a lower level of, of, of toxicity, then you can go for the 10-day one. One of the amazing things about the, the, the family that, uh, that we talked about that had the copper problem was that all of the women, their eight OHDD levels were still okay. So that means they were eating a good diet, they were doing almost all the other right things, but they still had that oral contraceptive that they were, that they were working on. And so that to me was encouraging because I've been, that guy has been following my advice for 15 or 20 years, and I'm sure he passed it on to his family. So just finding out that he had this risk, he wrote me back and he said, you know, you probably saved the lives of, of every one of the women in my life uh, with, this, with this testing you did and, and finding out this copper problem. And so that's the kind of, of gratitude that I like to hear about, and that's the kind of feedback I like to get. It, it's it's better than any big paycheck. Uh, any, any, any profit is not worth it if you don't have a, a healthy outcome. And so to me, that was, that was fantastic that their eight OHGD levels were still okay. So that's, that's I, I think we packed a lot into today. I, I don't know about you. I agree. But I, agree. I, I, I think we covered it and uh, only half of us was a female, the other half wasn't. So <laughs> <laughs> always, always glad to have your insights because I, I just don't get some of this stuff and, 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 and you obviously do and, and you've been around it a long time. So thanks, Aubrey, for everything. Thank you. Yeah, of course. All right. So let's talk about our sponsors for a minute. We've got four of them that we like to give our appreciation to. Uh, the first one is a company in Sarasota called Southern Trust Financial Planning. 
and uh, they do a great job of financial planning, but they do something beyond what most financial planners do. That is, they take care of the health of their clients by offering webinars and emails and uh, our radio show. I mean, they, they send this out to all their clients. So all their clients are getting all the benefits of all the things that we're talking about every week. And so this is the kind of uh, program that I think every, every financial planning company should have. But if you're interested in getting one, make, make sure that the top of both of those categories of healthy uh, profits and, and, and healthy financial planning and also health, uh, healthy physiology, then Southern Trust Financial Planning is the company. DHA Labs is a company that I've been working with for many, many years, and they've been doing this early testing. In other words, they, they try to find, they're like me, they try to find illness before it actually happens. And so I have a lot of panels with them, wellness panels and immune panels and brain panels and cancer panels that I develop with them. And they are so totally supportive of all my efforts to develop these latest panels so that people can find chronic illnesses five to 10 years before their doctor might find it. And so DHA Labs, for any situation, individuals, small groups, big groups, they, they can really help you uh, cut the cost and, and get your employees to be healthier if you're an employer. Paddock Pools, uh, they've got the healthiest pools in my uh, estimation because they have something none of the other pool companies have. They have a vacuum extractor that actually takes the chlorine gas off the surface of the water. It gets rid of about 95% of that gas. And that's critical because if you breathe too much of that gas when you're swimming, you end up getting depleted in zinc. And if you're depleted in zinc, that lowers your vitamin D3 levels. If you get low vitamin D3 levels, you're more prone to something like the COVID flu, or any flu, any cold, and cancer. And so uh, this is another one of those companies that uh, they're just doing a good job and uh, try to find a pool that, that has their equipment in it. Or if you're doing a new pool project in, your, in their community, in your community, make sure that Paddock Pools gets on the list of contractors. And finally, MPB Health. MPB Health is, is not a, uh, a health insurance company. They're an alternative to health insurance. It's medical cost sharing. And so a group of people come together to do wellness, to lower their costs by lowering administrative costs and negotiating better fees for the doctors and the hospitals. And they tr traditionally are able to get their costs down to about 30 to 50% less than most insurance company costs. So if you're looking for an alternative to high cost insurance, health insurance, look on the internet for MPB Health, look at some of their videos and talk to one of the representatives and see if you can't get a better option for the, for the health program you have now. And, and they also send all, uh, all of their members get a notice of our emails and our radio program every week. And so they're, they're continuing to support us and their members at the same time. So thanks to our sponsors and thanks to Aubrey and thanks to Radio MD for all that they do for us. And we really appreciate the support and we hope that we can do this for a long, long time. All right, bye now. Bye.